1: This is the GM Shuffle. I think this is going to be the theme of this podcast. Is you got to make plays in the last 8 minutes of games to win games. Whatever else happened, you can't you got to ignore it. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Vsin. Here is Femi of
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VEASAN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, good morning to you. We uh, saw a lot yesterday in the National Football League. We actually have the Today Show up in the studio here, and they're talking about last night's game, Sunday Night Football. They're talking about a different thing about Sunday Night Football, though. Let's talk about the football side of things. But before we get into all that, how are you doing this morning? You, 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 you like what you saw yesterday? Uh, I-
1: I'm good. you good? Yeah, you know, it was an interesting day. Uh, It was. A few disappointments, there's no doubt. Uh, The, uh, you know, I I thought it was a a kind of a a revealing day. Some things that kind of surprised me. I think Pittsburgh's inability to play defense surprised me. Uh, And credit to Houston Texans for what they did. We'll certainly talk about that later. Uh, You know, I, I mean, I I think as we talk about this chief team, I I think the elephant in the room is the distractions. Like, Mm. I know that everybody loves, you know, Taylor Swift. I get that. But as a football team, it's hard when you have self-inflicted distractions around your team. And the way they played last night offensively, get 200 yards in the first quarter and then disappear. They get 200 the rest of the game. To me, you know... It, it It seems like it's becoming a distraction. Well, the Chiefs hung on to win the game last night,
0: 23-20 to 20 against the New York Jets. Uh, obviously, everybody at the end of the game who is invested and had the Chiefs as as, as, a, as a as a spread bet were hoping Mahomes would run for the touchdown, but Mahomes did the smart thing to slide just shy of the goal line and run this thing on out there. last seven and a half minutes. The Kansas City Chiefs were able to hold on to the football. We'll get into the call. We'll get into all the stuff out there. Robert Sala was incessant with all the officiating and as was I as well. I thought it was pretty poorly done there in that final drive, but you mentioned That the Chiefs' Uh, offense. I mean, we
1: can't, we cannot come on. I mean, look, I I don't disagree with them. You should have seen some of the calls throughout the games all week. I mean, it's bad. They called, I mean, they called uh, Jacoby Myers for offensive pass interference, which would have been a field goal for the Raiders. And then late in the game, when Herbert throws that deep ball, the guy pushes off. They don't call that. I mean, it goes, it just goes. I mean, even Trent Green on a crackback block, Trent Green's like, how did they what, – what was that call? What was that call? And yet, you know, they just – you can't really predict the calls. No. There's no – like I'm not making excuses for the Raiders in that game. You just can't predict the calls. Yeah. It's, so it's... you can say whatever you want. You can't predict the calls. It should have been offsetting penalties. I mean, I think the, uh, the, the right – the left tackle, Smith was holding like, a, like crazy.
0: <laughs> Jermaine Johnson was out there wondering what the hell's going on, uh, but anywho, though the the Kansas City Chiefs, you said you want to talk about this offense because they did struggle offensively, uh, six point one yards per play, which so on the surface doesn't sound bad, four hundred and one yards there, but the turnovers and the uncharacteristic throws from Patrick Mahomes, the first interception. I had never seen him do anything like that in the NFL, where he just kind of soft tosses it to a Jets DB. There, he had a number of interceptable passes that he was throwing. What's going on here with this Kansas City offense, or should we be crediting the New York Jets pass defense?
1: I I didn't think. To me, they were unforced errors. I think he just threw the ball up for grabs. Right. I mean, like I, I didn't see it as, oh my God, he's getting pressure; he can't handle it. I think you know when, when you look at the game sheet, you know, once again, you know, they couldn't stop the run. You know, we said this about handicapping the game. If you took the Jets, we said this on Sunday, you and I, if -hmm. you take the Jets, you're guaranteeing yourself that Andy will get bored with the run game. (laughs) And it'll have success, but he will get bored, okay? Mm -hmm. 35 carries, 204 yards in the game, 5.8 yards a carry. I mean, Pacheco's got 20 for 115. Now, 51 of that came from Mahomes at some point, You know, you know he's going to scramble. You got to control him in the pocket. But I I think this was more self inflicted wounds than it was anything. And the inability to get the ball outside to the receivers, I think that's the other issue. It's still showing up here.
0: The, the, the receivers, I mean, I don't know if it's an inability to create separation or maybe they're just not on the same page. But uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling probably being the most dependable guy for their, as, a, as a wide receiver, as a pass catcher as Travis Kelsey, he had six receptions for 60 yards. But like you said, like Andy Reid getting bored with the run game. Pacheco, 20 carries, 115 yards. I mean, with that efficiency, he probably should have had 25, 30 carries with the way that he was able to run the ball on that New York Jets front there. Uh, a touchdown as well for Isaiah Pacheco, the New Jersey kid. They were talking about that on the broadcast quite a bit. There. But on the foot,
1: right around the corner here, I mean, he ra- he runs hard. He's got a little, you know, he's wearing 10. He looks a little bit like, he does look a little bit like Tyreek Hill, but, you know, he's good in the passing game. He's hard to tackle. He runs with violence. I mean, mm-hmm. he's clearly better than Edward Solaire. But, yeah. you know, look, I, I think what, you, you know, this is the Chiefs, though, to a T, right? They're really good. They're highly competitive and they know how to win games. They close out games. And they took seven minutes off the clock in the game. And when you break the game down, you know, after it's twenty to twenty, I think that you know as good as Zach Wilson played, and that's the <laughs> best we've seen him play. Other than the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, where he led them on that comeback win. Other than that, you know, in the, when the game was on the line, I think he was four for seven. When it was twenty to twenty, they had th- they ran thirteen more plays, uh, and he was four of seven for sixteen yards. So you know, once they got, and he should have thrown an interception on that. I, I think the kid played well. They gave him a chance. You know, I I was impressed he didn't back down. Mm -hmm. But to me, I I, I think you got to be, you you know, like at some point you got to make plays. I think this is going to be the theme of this podcast is you got to make plays in the last eight minutes of games to win games. Mm -hmm. Sam Howell did that, Mm -hmm. right? Sam Howell did that. And as the level of comp rises, it's challenging. Mahomes did that. The fourth, Trevor Lawrence. The fourth quarter, they have two huge drives. They did that. So to me, all the numbers you accumulate during the game, it really comes down to it in a close game. You've got to execute with the last eight minutes on the line, and that's where the Chiefs and Mahomes did it. Whatever else happened, you can't. You got to ignore it. Get,
0: when it's winning time, you got to go ahead and make the plays necessary to win the game. But let's have the Zach Wilson conversation because uh, going into the game, and we we talked about how like the tension in the building was going to be <laughs> from a negative tone because I think a lot of folks were wanting to see another quarterback. The Jets even signed Trevor Simeon earlier in the week, and it was mainly a lot of us counting down the snaps to where Zach Wilson gets benched. And to his credit, like you said, he stood up to the challenge. Two hundred forty-five yards, two touchdowns—the best game he's played this season by a mile and it looked like a lot of those guys were rallying behind him and and he even took the blame afterwards with the drop snap there which was the last time the Jets had the football saying hey I lost us the game it's my fault like I cost us and, th- and his teammates were trying to pick him up which is what you like to see but I found myself rooting for Zach Wilson last night because I was like this guy is probably playing for his NFL career on national TV and, and maybe this buys him a couple more games to where uh, he can continue to grow and develop but I-, I thought it was a pretty good performance by and large obviously the big mistake him dropping the snap you can't have that in the fourth quarter, but from an overall standpoint, I thought he looked pretty good against a really good defense.
1: I, I thought he played as—I mean, he did played as well as he could, right? You know, and they only had 16 carries in the run game. You know, and the thing that kept this game close was—and give the Jets credit—they were for, The Jets held them to 0 for four in the red zone, which typically you never do mm-hmm. against this Kansas City defense. You know, but look—they in the second half there was only three possessions. You know, and, and they had three punts and, and and they ran out the game they you had know, the score and, you know, there was five possessions. So, you know, it's hard to do that. They run 30 after it's 2020, they run 13 plays. They get three first downs and don't score. He's four for seven for 16 yards. So when the game got tight, they just couldn't make a play. I thought the most impressive thing, if you're a Jet fan, was how good the offensive line played. Yeah. I thought they played well. I mean, he was sacked twice. I thought he had time to throw the ball, you know, and, and he made some really good throws. He was accurate. I mean. We've seen this once before. I think what Zach Wilson is, he he shows you he can. Mm -hmm. Does he have competitive stamina to continue to do it? I think that's the question.
0: Yeah, the consistency. We'll see if he can, can carry this sort of performance on because after the game, Robert Sala said, if we get Zach Wilson playing like that, we're going to win a lot of football games. And it's hard to argue. Like, if he gives them that competent level of quarterback play with the pieces and the, the talent on that roster, why can't they be a wild card team? Like The season's not all the way done. I mean, they're one in three, and I get that they're in a little bit of a hole here, but I, I don't think it's right the season off here if Zach Wilson's going to play. Like, how I think the
1: elephant in the room, Femi. The elephant in the room is defensively. Like, no one talks about it. They gave up 200 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that this bad. is another game. This is the third straight game. I mean, Dallas ran for 134. New England ran for 150. This team runs for 200. Like, at some point, when are they going to stop the run? At some point, when are they going to control the quarterback? Like, I agree with him. I agree with, I agree with everything Sal said after the game. If we get quarterbacking like this, but they can't play defense like that, I mean, they've got to play better defense, and no one talks about it. Everybody just labels them as a great defense. But have they played great defense? I don't see it. Like, if you're playing great defense, you're not giving up 200 yards in the first quarter. Now, they play great red zone defense, there's no question. There's no question about that. Yeah, well, we'll see what
0: goes – Going forward here with the New York Jets, they they're taking on the Denver Broncos, and we'll get into them here in a little bit. But my God, I mean, at least it's another uh, a chance for Zach Wilson to look pretty good with based on how Denver's playing defense. Let's talk about a team though that really reminded us of who they were and that is the buffalo bills they went ahead and beat the miami dolphins yesterday 48 to 20 what a difference a week makes here as buffalo regains control in the afc east josh allen i thought that this might have been the best game of his career 21 of 25 320 yards four touchdowns another touchdown on the ground and the bills also coming up with some timely turnovers to slow down this miami dolphins high-flying attack winning this one in blowout fashion
1: well, I think, you know, look, I've said this on the show and I'll say it here again. I think he's finally, the last three weeks, Josh Allen has finally decided to be a point guard, not a shooting guard. He, he's now, he's a facilitator. He, this is the first time in three weeks we really see this Buffalo Bill offense play with power, got more physical toughness to him, took it right to him, took it right to him, didn't flinch, you know, made it a physical game. And Miami didn't handle it well defensively. We've known Miami's problems defensively have been showing up, but they've been able to skirt around it because they've been able to get such big leads in the game, but not in this one. This one they matched. I mean, when you break down, when you look at the possession chart here, I mean, think about this. They go touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown, field goal, and a half. I mean, the second half they start field goal, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, this is – and these are all really well-executed jives where he's distributing the football. You know, and you got to give McDermott complete credit for being able to come up with a really good game plan to that second quarter when he forced three punts out of Miami. Then he was able to get a turnover. They put pressure on Tua. They got four sacks inside on Tua, which nobody's been able to really do that. And their speed of their defense didn't really get into trouble. I, I mean, I thought Buffalo, that's the best I've seen Buffalo play in three years.
0: Yeah, they looked outstanding in that game, and they looked like the team that this time last year, last September, when we were all talking about 3-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl favorite and all that stuff, Like this Buffalo team finally looked like the team that we were expecting to see a season ago. We'll continue this conversation more. But let's take our MVP first break. MVP Josh And we come back. Okay, because he's definitely now the favorite. This is the GM show. Alright, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... driver is a breakthrough in driver technology it's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before black op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So, what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash GM Shuffle and use code GM Shuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash GM Shuffle, code GM Shuffle for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash GM code GM Shuffle. You were saying it, Michael, as we were heading to break there, and over at the DraftKings sportsbook, we have a changeup in the MVP market in the odds yeah. coming into last week. Tua was the favorite. Now the favorite is Josh Allen at plus 382. Tua still five to one. Mahomes plus 550. But uh, Josh Allen rekind of reclaiming the favorite status in the most valuable player of the year market here with Buffalo's really impressive win yesterday.
1: When he plays like this and when they run the ball, when they have their balance in their attack, and they're taking it to you, which which they're doing in the run game, which is what I've bitched about for the last year, two years, that he had to be the leading ball carrier. I mean, they had 29 carries in the game for just 104 yards, but it was a different kind of 29 carries. I know Cook only had 12 for 29, but they kept it in there, and they didn't rely on Allen to be the guy to make the play, right? Mm -hmm. He was the distributor of the ball. He was the point guard. And that's really when they're operating at their best. And, you know, it's funny. Tony Romo said on the air yesterday, of course, I had the sound on because Millie was watching the there games with me. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, at the beginning of the show, he's like, Tyreek Hill should be the MVP of he the league. He did say that. And he's right. He did say that. He's right. I mean, I agree with him completely. Like, you take him off this team, it's different. You know, people are like saying, well, Lombardi, you said that Brock Purdy and, and Tua, you know, could Let me just say this. I mean, Brock Purdy threw one incomplete pass. Brock Purdy and Tua are similar players. One got drafted the fifth pick. One got drafted the last pick. It really doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Both are really accurate. Both have great sense of timing. And both rely on the skill of their team to get yards after the catch. That's not a knock. That's not a knock. At some point, we have to stop talking about where they get picked. I think the one thing that's been pretty clear is in that draft after Trevor Lawrence— all those quarterbacks, including Zach Wilson, we've got enough data on them to know that they're probably, none of them are going to be elite quarterbacks in this league and they're going to be able to carry teams. Brock Purdy's better than all of those guys too. So it doesn't matter where you get picked, it matters how you play. And I wasn't knocking Tua, I was just drawing a similarity to it because that's what happened. And you saw this in the game. I mean, there was a couple plays where he got, where Tua gets rushed, he's got to make some things, it just doesn't happen great skill around them, though. Romo's right. But Buffalo, to me, is a different team this year. They're completely different. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they lost to White. I don't yeah. think he was playing well. What shocked me was they held up at corner, Femi. They held up in the secondary. I think McDermott did an incredible job. I mean, they forced 10 third downs out of Miami. Miami mm-hmm. only converted three. What have I said on this pod all the time? That if you can get Miami into a third down game, you're going to win it. Yeah. You can win it. I didn't think they could. I thought they would still be able to play Canadian football. But, look, they didn't. I mean, they gave up 7-5 a carry to Miami, and it didn't matter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Devon A. Chain, the rookie, he had 101 yards on eight carries and two touchdowns. And, like you said, didn't matter at all because the Bills were just offensively the efficiency that they operated with, but defensively as well what they were able to do with their front four. I mean, I mean, how about Leonard Floyd? You know, like like this is a guy that
1: he's he, kind of he's been, been a, playing great all year. Like, he, <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. what he's doing. He's been really good. He's been really good all year, he, and I've, I've said that. He's been really good, and the speed of their defense, that, that Terrell Bernard kid they got from Baylor in the third round two years ago, he's mm-hmm. been outstanding. And Milano, look, <laughs> they're built. They're a nickel front. They're a nickel team all the way, and that played into Miami. Miami was able to, you know, they were able to play with match Miami speed. They took away Hill, and they said, okay, you got to do something else. And they forced 10 third downs in the game. Give them I mean, it was a great game. This is where coaching really matters. And McDermott made them play uncomfortable. Probably Miami needed to get humbled, right? Miami gets mm-hmm. scored 71 week, and then they give up all these points this week. So they'll get humbled. Look, it's going to take a certain kind of team to beat Miami. Yeah. I don't think you go too down on Miami or, or lower them. I think their issues are defensively. I was, I'm mm-hmm. disappointed in their inability to play better defense. I mean, here, here's the reality of Miami. When you break them down, the guy that jumps off the screen that plays better rushing off the edge is Van Ginkle. Bradley Chubb, you barely even feel him on the field. You don't even know he's out there. Do you know even? I know he wears zero, gets nowhere near the quarterback. He's just a pedestrian-type player. He hasn't shot – I mean, they gave up a first-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything, Femi. First-round pick and money. I mean, I Van mean, Ginkle – Van Ginkle visit like three teams and everybody said, well, he's just a- – I mean – He was a good player two years ago when they were playing good on defense. He's always around the ball. He had to sign a minimum contract. He had to sign a minimum deal to go back to Miami, I think.
0: Yeah. it's he, he's one of those guys to where you if, if, if the ball is nearby he's gonna go ahead and make a play and he plays with his hair on fire literally he's got the hair flowing out of the helmet but he's been really impressive I, I would like to see the Dolphins with Jalen Phillips back I know he missed the game and that's not an excuse that's why they didn't play well defensively I don't think Phillips was going to stop what the bills were doing on that day but yeah it was it was a disappointing effort there from the Miami defense like Vic Fangio and that defense you would expect a little bit more there but they just got absolutely ripped up Buffalo 7.4 yards per play and I'm with you I'm not Miami stock and panicking about the Miami Dolphins here, but maybe it's just let's temper expectations. Let's bring them back down to earth. This is the NFL. It's a week-to-week league, and you're never going to look as good as you looked in a 70-to-20 victory. But you're not going to look as bad as they looked yesterday, losing 48 to 20 to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's get over though to the. City of brotherly love. Where they want you, Michael, they've been clamoring and asking you, are the Eagles going to win the Super Bowl? Are they going to march right on to the Super Bowl? Well, they're <laughs> 4-0. They're off to a pretty good start record-wise, 4-0 here to start the season. But they were pushed all the way to overtime by the Washington Commanders, 34-31. I have thoughts on this game, Michael. I was watching this one very closely, oh, but I want to wow. get your thoughts first, though. What did you see, Commanders-Eagles?
1: Well, look, I I think, you know, this is three games in a row where the commanders have given up over 30 points. I think the fallacy that I believe going into the season was they were good on defense, and they haven't played good on defense. They have a hard time stopping the run, you know, and they can't get off the Eagles average 6.2 yards per play. And in the second half, they took the game over, basically, even though they only had the ball for three minutes and change in the fourth quarter, they still scored 10 points. So as good as I thought that – I thought they could be better on defense – and I haven't seen it out of them. I really haven't. I think that to me, that's the – that's the. if you said to me, Washington, well, I think they're going to be pretty good defensively. They're, they're going to have to carry their offense. And it's been kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offense won the game in Denver for them. You know, the offense kind of messed them up a little bit against Arizona. But to me, I, I, I was disappointed in their defense and credit the Eagles. I mean, Hurts – I thought he threw the ball. This is probably the best game he threw the ball all season against the secondary. So – you know, and then they still can. You know, they they didn't they didn't run the ball like they typically did. They had to throw it, and they did, and they made the plays they needed to make. Yeah, Jalen
0: Hurts twenty five of thirty seven, three hundred nineteen yards and two touchdowns. On the other side, Sam Howell against the Eagles defense, twenty nine of forty one, two hundred ninety yards and one touchdown there for Howell. But I, I just watching this game because I I had a bet on it. I had Commanders plus the points. I also had a little bit on the money line. So I think this is why I'm a little bit salty watching this game. And just seeing the flow of the game, especially in the second half, the Washington defense was playing. They were on their heels. They could not do anything to stop Philadelphia. And when you have that final drive there where Howell is able to lead his team down the field to score the touchdown, why didn't Ron Rivera go for two? Like You knew your defense couldn't get a stop. Like If you have a chance at the two-yard line. He said they were
1: tired. (laughs) He said they were tired. He said they were gassed. He said they were gassed. I and look, I'm I'm as conservative <sighs> as it come, but to me, I think you have to watch the game. Yeah. See, this is where I think analytics plays a part, where analytics goes too far one way. You gotta watch the game, mm-hmm. right? And the Eagles, that that fourth and it's second and ten, but it was the last play of the game. Of course, everybody in Philly is screaming at the clock operator because they, they let that play get off, you know, and so well. Sorry about that. I mean, you know, they threw a middle – they threw it right down the middle. It really doesn't take very – it was five yeah. seconds on the clock. It only takes four seconds to run a play exactly. if you get the ball to your hand, especially in the red zone. So, But to me, I, I know they were tired, but to me you have to almost win the game right there because yes. it, it, the way the game was going and you saw the fourth quarter and you saw that the, 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 the possession, your defense was never had control – again, never had control of the game. And so – I know he got beat by a 54-yard field goal, but you know also that their kicker can kick it from anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Elliott's a really good kicker. So this all goes into the decision. And and I just think, you know, if if you're going to be called Riverboat Ron, you know, you can't – look, it took 10 plays for them to go 34 yards. I give them that, right? I give them Mm -hmm. that. But they still lost the game. I think it comes down to one play – Look, they were so gassed that when they got the ball in overtime, they they got the ball overtime first, they went three plays, five yards are out, and they lose the game there.
0: Yeah. I, I, and and I, go, I always go back to the me- mentality of, hey, before the game, if you're a team that is seen as the underdog and you have one chance from the two-yard line to win the game – Would you rather take that or to go play 10 more minutes when you know that your defense is just sucking wind and your defense can't get any sort of stop whatsoever? I mean, did they even force a punt in the second half? I think
1: maybe one punt or something like that? I I think they forced – hold on, I got it right here, Femi. They forced one. They forced one in the fourth quarter. So Philly had a 10-play drive in the fourth quarter. They got a field goal out of that. They went 46 yards. Then the drive that killed them, they went six plays and 57 yards, scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They had three first downs on that drive. They had eight first downs in the fourth quarter. So if you're watching that, and again, what do I say all the time? The fourth quarter is a standalone game. Mm-hmm. So you're watching this. It's standalone, okay? Okay. At that point, you've got to say, "Okay, we got to win the game here." I know we're tired, but we got to win the game here. Got to win it. I mean, frankly, even if you took a five-yard penalty and delay of the game, I think it's sometimes put the ball at the what's it, two or the three on the goal on. I think if you're back at the, you have more room to operate. Mm-hmm. I think you have more room to operate. I think you want the ball in that kind of, you know, outside area. Get more room to operate. I, I, I think you try to win the game there. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Because look, your defense. Is horrible. They're 27th in points allowed. They're 27th in rushing going into the game. And you just saw the second half. Here's the second half. Here's what you witnessed when you came out on halftime. Nine plays, field goal. Four plays, touchdown. Ten plays, field goal. Four plays, punt. Six plays, touchdown. That's the second half. If you're watching that, how do you say, what did we do? (laughs) Like, it's not a hard decision. We haven't stopped them. Yeah, and, again, control and who's in the lead. Yeah. And
0: and to steal your line when we say, hey, this is not us second guessing, I first guessed this. Like I tweeted it out watching the game. I said, if the commanders once they got to thirty seconds, I said if the commanders score a touchdown, they need to go for two. Like just watch it. Like I'm watching the game thousands of miles away, and I would know that. Hey, like this defense is not going to get a stop in overtime. You got to try to win the game right there. River, we can't call him Riverboat Ron anymore. He he doesn't get that nickname. You know, you you can't make that decision and be called Riverboat Ron. No, it's it's just it doesn't work. As the Commanders let one slip away in my eyes, Eagles they advance to four and zero. I want to have a more of an Eagles conversation. We got to talk about the Thursday. Eagles
1: because. The- d- 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 We got to talk about the Eagles. Okay, you want to talk about the Eagles tonight? They're not anywhere near where they were last year.
0: That's what I want to talk about with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit today. We'll obviously get to the other games. We're a little bit behind schedule. We'll get to Raiders Chargers. Our guy Staley once again giving us great content with what he does in the fourth quarter. And we'll get to the other games from around the NFL yesterday here. This is the GM Shuffle on the DraftKings Network. Gambling problem, call one 800 GAMBLER or in West Virginia. Visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 8778-Hope and Y or text Hope NY467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one. 168 hours after issuance DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources when you look at the standings it says fly eagles fly they're at four and oh but when you watch the tape michael what do you see
1: yeah well i don't see the same team Defensively or offensively, but the one thing they have is they have the ability to to win these games, and that's really all that matters. And it's only in September, we're just started October, so they have a lot of time to improve. But I think what you saw with Sam Howe was if you're good at receiver and you have the ability to move the football outside and you protect good enough, which we know Washington was going to struggle to protect, but they did, Mm -hmm. you know, they were able to protect. They they made plays against this Eagles secondary, which is not like an insurmountable force, you know. And so, give Washington credit. I thought Washington played really well. You know, McLaurin was tough to deal with. Uh, You know, the game he throws for 290 yards in the game, 41 attempts, and they still ran the ball. They ran the ball effectively. I think they got away from it a little bit later, but I mean, they made some great plays. He made some great throws. I, I mean, this is going to come down to. Philly can they're gonna outscore people. I don't think Philly's as good in the back seven as they were last year from linebacker and the corner situation to me isn't the same. But it's early. They got time to handle it. And you know, they're they're gonna go out and you know, they play the Rams this week, which, you know, is gonna be challenging. Mm -hmm. Stafford got late in that game, he started getting hit a lot. He's hurting today, but he's played great. Forget about good. He's played great. And um and, you know, and and they've been able to move the ball by game plan on people.
0: Yeah, the, the, the Eagles back seven, I think, is the big question mark with this team. And I think that this Avante Maddox injury that happened, like this is, seems like it's going to be a Pretty big deal here for the Eagles because it's put their whole secondary in flux. I know they're trying to to put Bradbury on the inside at times, and you have the Josh Job kid out there, and like he was getting picked on by Howell and those guys. Like it's just it's not allowing that pass rush to even get time to rush the passer. To be quite honest, like like how we talk about how the front end and the back end sort of work together, it's like you can get the ball out quick, and if you're getting it quick to open receivers, you're going to be able to move the ball down the field like the Commanders did yesterday.
1: Yeah, and then they didn't play good in the red area. The Commanders are four for five in the red zone. I mean, you know, and usually that's the usually the Eagles situationally have been better than that, you know. So again, I mean, when you look at it, you know, Dallas, Philly, I think they're two even teams. Mm -hmm. San Francisco looks to cut above those two teams in the NFC. You know, is there anybody else? I mean, I think Detroit's a tough team. The way Detroit played on Thursday night with that defensive front, how physical they are, they'll match up to people with that front, they can match up. Mm -hmm. You know, the Eagles can't bully Washington around. They won on the outside. And the Eagles won't be able to bully Detroit around. And Detroit will be able to make some plays against them. So I think it'll be a competitive thing. Do I think there's somebody else? I I don't, you know. I mean, obviously, Seattle's a good team. I don't think Seattle's great. But the Rams, I mean, the Rams, Mm -hmm. once they start getting some of these injuries, they moved Notebloom over to left tackle, which really helped them. I should have anticipated that because he was a left tackle before. But, you know, the Rams now, and talking about that indie game, they were – it was a great game plan game. McVay was has been at his best. I think McVeigh and Stafford proved that great coaching and great quarterbacking when it comes together, regardless of what the rest of the team looks like, is damn good. Yeah.
0: And, and that was, like, the whole hiccup with this Rams team from a handicapping standpoint heading into this season was, like, all right, their win total is, like, around seven, seven and a half, but should we just – back and, and go ahead and blindly have the faith of McVeigh Stafford, that combination and go over that. But I, I didn't bet anything with the Rams just because I, I was so uncertain with Stafford's health and who knew how long this was going to keep going. But so far through four games, they look like a pretty good team. And I know they had the, like the Monday night was a disaster against Cincinnati, but the O-line was in such flux to where they well, couldn't, they do, they couldn't function. Tackle. Yeah, they, they couldn't function in that one. They but,
1: lost Jackson and they couldn't move. They they What they did this week is they moved no balloon over in practice. Mm-hmm. They put him at left tackle. They benched the kid. They didn't even dress the kid that played left tackle the week before. And then they worked around it. So they had a week to work around it. And then then he just, I mean, mcveigh took Gus Bradley to the woodshed, just kicked his ass. You know, he runs for 264 yards, 36 carries. Stafford's just pinpoint accurate, making throws. It wasn't until, really, it wasn't until the Colts started to come after Stafford and blitz him a little bit that he got him and they started hitting him. And Richardson, to me, I wrote in my notes after watching this game this morning, he, he's Cam Newton with more upside in the passing game. Mm. He's really, really good. And his accuracy we know is not great, but he makes some great throws, and you could start seeing him throwing these seam routes. He's big. He's physical. They don't have a lot of skill on their offensive team. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And so there's not a lot of windows to throw. But this kid's really – I mean, I, I was really impressed with him yesterday. Really was impressed with him because he made a lot of great throws at clutch time. And, you know, he gets them back in the game and makes a two-point play. See, this is, this is again, the theme of the week of, of the Monday pod. You got to – when you're a great player, you make those plays. When you're not a great player, you don't. It's not that complicated. Like, and you can't make excuses. Like, there's no skill around Richardson. There's really not. Mm-hmm. I mean, there really isn't. And yet he's able to make plays because he's the point guard. He can do it. But I, I think – You know, when I saw him at Florida, I thought he was great. I was really worried about his accuracy. I still am, Mm -hmm. but he's got a lot of upside to him.
0: Oh yeah, he jumps off the upside. And when the, our producer Elliot said during the break, he said, "When it looks good, it looks good with Anthony Richardson, because like the tools are there, and he's also got a coach that's building this offense around him, which I'm really, really excited about for the Indianapolis Colts. I know they lost on Sunday, but going forward, when you look down the line, a lot to be excited with this pairing of Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson. Uh, not a whole lot to be excited about if you are the Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC North champions. Got taken to the woodshed in Nashville yesterday, 27 to three. The Titans beat them up, and I don't even think it was that close, of 27-3. to Once again, Cincinnati, 4.1 yards per play on offense, 211 total yards of offense. Burrow, 20 of 30, 165 yards, lost a fumble. Is it panic time in Cincinnati?
1: Well, I think where Cincinnati is is where Buffalo's been, right? When Buffalo was, with this 11 personnel, not really changing, relying on the quarterback to be everything. And so now – uh, now you know when the quarterback's hurt, he can't move. You know he's not a good point guard, and and he can't play shooting guard back there. He could bail him out. I mean that's what mm-hmm. Allen hit all their mistake, all their deficiencies, because he could bail him out when he was playing shooting guard at quarterback. Now he's playing point guard at quarterback. He's great. This is the, what's happening here is they're try, Burrow can't play shooting guard. He can't move. And because of the simplicity of their offense, they're in three receivers. They tried to change some things up, but they really don't have it. Now, T. Higgins breaks his ribs. He's going to be gone. This offensive line is a disaster for Cincinnati, a complete disaster. And so Burrow's get hit. He can't move. They have no real run game. I mean, they had 18 carries. They can't block a good front. I mean, I, I don't see it. I think they're the fourth best team in the North. I really do. Right. I don't care. Until Burrow – I wouldn't play Burrow until he gets healthy. He, they go out to Arizona. Arizona now will move the football on them, and Arizona – look, Dobbs played really good yesterday. I think Arizona's I know, good. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but Dobbs plays better than a lot of these guys got drafted in the first round. Yeah. Think about it. Right? So, look – I think Cincinnati, I think if you're Zach Taylor, this is really about we got to fix some of the scheme stuff here because we don't have the same. We can't out talent anybody anymore, especially with our quarterback can't move.
0: Here's this note from ESPN Stats and Info says about Joe Burrow. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to attempt at least 150 passes in his team's first four games of a season and average fewer than five yards per attempt. On those passes. So it's nothing explosive. It's very dink and dunk, get the ball out of his hands. And like you mentioned, I know you've talked about how he can't really push the ball down the field with that cap. He can't really drive the football. And it's showing up when you watch them play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as Derek Carr was yesterday. Derek Carr might, I mean, Derek Carr was like, you talk about a check down king. I mean, it was one of the worst I've ever seen. And I've seen, some, I've seen some quarterbacks in my career who loved a good check down, just loved completion percentage more than they loved yards. But to me, that was this, was, this is similar. He, was getting the, he has to get the ball out of his hands. His line can't, they're not blocking for him. And this Tennessee front just took over the game. And look, if you know where the players are, like everybody said, well, Chase played better last week. No, he really didn't. He averaged 12 yards a catch. He hasn't scored a touchdown. His long game yesterday was 17 yards. Like people are taking him out of the game and they know Burrow can't move. Like it's really complicated, and you can't. You have to be able to move pieces around. This Bengal offense is, you know, they people are geared for it. Buffalo changed, and give Buffalo credit. Josh Allen f- changed after that loss to the Jets. He decided to become a point guard, which now he's great at point guard. Burrow the doesn't can't be a point guard because right now he can't drive the ball. Yeah. Do you think Bro needs to sit a few weeks? I don't think they can win with them like this. They go out to Arizona. You think it's going to? Be, everybody's going to think they're going to turn it around. Arizona's playing better football than they are right now. I know they gave up a ton of points to San Francisco, but they're playing better football than the Bengals. Plus, we said this all offseason: the the Bengals are not playing great defensively. They got to break because Jackson, the left tackle, that the Rams win that game if Jackson doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. See, that's where you have to be almost have to forget last week to this week. Yeah, that's a good point there. Because, yeah, the, the Rams looked like they were in control of that game
0: until Jackson went down and then they couldn't block. And then Trey Hendrickson might have made the Pro Bowl on that on that game going up against that left tackle. Uh, let's go to L.A., though, where the Chargers beat the Raiders 24-17. to It looked like the Chargers were in control. And then the fourth quarter, the second oh. half happens, and then our guy Brandon Staley once again doing it for the podcast. <laughs> that is, he always does. And the Raiders,
1: I thought, I mean, we're going to go ahead and what, steal it there. What is he there. doing?
0: I, I don't know. What, what is he doing? Do? Why I, would
1: he sneak the ball with the quarterback with one hand? <laughs> like, why would he sneak the ball? God. Trent Green was on and the And then back. here's the other thing. I mean, again, we're talking about watching the game, right? Yeah. Aiden O'Connell's a young player. I mean, give. The, I thought this kid, you know, I tell you, this kid must be mentally tough because, you know, he didn't play well. He held the ball. Mac had six sacks. And, and some of those sacks were on shitty line play, but some of those sacks were also on the quarterback, holding the ball too long. Mm-hmm. He fumbled twice, right? You know, and so, but I thought he was a competitor and he hung in there. And like a lot of these rookies, the game just was moving way too fast for him. Yeah. I mean, the, what we saw there is the difference between preseason and the regular season. And, 100%. you know, and the Raiders have their chance. This is the second week in a row. They're throwing the ball in the end zone to tie the game. And they can't, they can't make the plays when they have to make the play. And so, look, but I think Staley, why, if you punt, do you think O'Connell's coming 70 yards to beat your ass? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I, yeah. So you just give them a short field? Yep, just give them a short field. You know, field. I mean, they make the fourth down play. They make the Devonte Adams must be the toughest human. He me. goes in with a bad shoulder. All the people on Twitter, the medical doctors say he's out for the year, out for four weeks. He's back, makes a great play over there, and then they throw sprint right option, mm. which I, I love how people say well, we don't like the call. How many times do you think Andy Reid's called sprint right option? Like seriously, Brilliant. you don't like the call because you don't like the result. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, it's, and it was Asante Samuel Jr. was sitting on it and then goes ahead and picks it up, which I don't know why he well, went that, down. I, I don't know why he didn't keep running because there was more than two I minutes don't either, I don't know either. I don't know what he was doing.
1: But there, there's a perfect example of O'Connell. Like, I like this kid. O'Connell quotes, he comes out, He, he exactly he explained what happened.
0: Yeah, well, we'll continue the conversation and wrap it up on the other side. So obviously everybody didn't like the call sprint right out there, the, the interception O'Connell threw to <laughs> Sante Samuel. But there was a real chance that they could have went ahead and tied that game up. But on the flip side of things, just the, the the game mismanagement or I guess like the lack of football IQ on the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know what's going on with that team and, and, and how they practice situational football or maybe if they don't practice situational football. But we saw that even after getting well, they, the interception. Well, they,
1: they... – They get away with it, Femi, because they have the analytics behind them. I mean, that's all they do is the numbers say we should do it. So nobody even questions it, even though it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. The numbers say we shouldn't do it. The numbers say we should do it. You know, I mean, like, does that really matter? What the numbers say? What does that mean? Like, watch the game. Aiden O'Connell isn't driving the ball down the field. Like, he's not driving the ball down the field to beat you. Come on now.
0: Yeah, it's like, why put yourself in that position? Like you said, like... like Why put
1: yourself in that situation?
0: It's like the win probability charts and all that stuff. That can say one thing, but what your eyes tell you was that O'Connell and the, the Raiders game. couldn't protect. Watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yes. it's, and it was just, it was silly, but they got the win two and two. Now they head off to the bye. Hopefully they can get healthy. You know, Justin Herbert banged up his hand. Sounds like he's good to go. We'll see if they can get Joey Bosa back, Derwin James back, Austin Eckler back, uh, a talented roster. That's, that's why they're two and two, but we'll see what they do outside of the bye. Let's go over to Pittsburgh where I feel like I've been bamboozled by the Steelers team. They got their tails kicked yesterday in Houston, 30 to Me six. Too. The Texans go ahead and win that game. And it was not even that close. Houston doubled them up. I don't in do either. They doubled them up Four 451 for the Texans, 225 for the Steelers.
1: I mean, the Texans kicked their ass. Stroud was great. That never mm-hmm. the, the, to me the, I mean as bad as Kenny Pickett was and their offense is bad. I mean, if you take the 270 yard plays out of the Pittsburgh offense, the one against the Raiders and the one in the, the two games that they won. You know, they their this offense is putrid. I mean, yeah. whatever you want to say about it and, ten, and and Houston just kicked their ass. This was not a close game. 16 to nothing at the half. And it was never gonna get better. Now Pickett's hurt. They got to go to Trubisky. They got Baltimore coming in. This is when Tomlin's usually at his best, but how can he be at his best? I mean, Baltimore just goes into Cleveland yesterday. I know they played against a rookie quarterback, but they Lamar was sensational. I mean, Lamar just took the game over. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a sleeper for MVP too, so This Steeler, I mean, this quarterbacking uh, again—it goes down to as the level of comp increases, and you play against teams that are bet that 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 are good. And I'm not saying Houston's good. I'm saying Houston. We said all year. I thought Houston's a 50-minute team. They didn't. They 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 probably played 50 minutes. That's all they needed because Pittsburgh wasn't playing. So to me, you got to make plays when the competition rises at critical points of the game, and uh, you know that ain't Pittsburgh. Through
0: and maybe I'm going to sound crazy here, but through four weeks, I, I think the Houston Texans might be the best team in the AFC South. Through four weeks, I, I just they're doing a lot of this with a if lot Stroud of guys. Keeps
1: playing game. like this, if Stroud, I mean Stroud is playing lights out, he and is. he's doing it. Nico Collins, I mean he's doing it with everybody. He says, well, they have you have to have i mean, like, tell me where the skill is. Give give the offensive coordinator Slovic credit. Slovic, yeah. I mean, they're running this scheme. Pierce ran the ball more effectively against the Pittsburgh front. I mean, they play with backups. Tunsil was out. One of the reasons I was off this game, as you know, I had mm-hmm. this in my Hall and Oates play, and I talked myself into it because I felt like with this backup line, Pittsburgh should win the game. Mm-hmm. And I should have stayed away from the game. It was stupid on my part. Once you say something, don't go back. <laughs> but this was not this this game was not handicapped well by me at all because i thought pittsburgh would sh- would dominate the front and the texans give them credit mm-hmm. this offensive line Slovak's done a great job it's it's really good
0: it is really good yeah i played pittsburgh in the contest unfortunately that was a, a big fat loss there for me but yeah i think through four weeks uh, I, everybody I like did. pittsburgh
1: was one of the most popular picks in the contest Let's get
0: over to the Windy City, where we saw the shootout there. We, we said on the show before in the pregame, we said, hey, go ahead and bet this thing over, because I don't think either defense is going to get a stop, and that was the case. Broncos come from behind to beat the Chicago Bears 31-28, and even in the victory, this Broncos defense, my goodness, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, how do you kind of break this one down here? Broncos, Bears, Justin Fields with his best passing performance in his career.
1: And lost. It's 28-7 it with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Four minutes to go in the third quarter. You know, and they come back and make a 28-14. And, you know, and then he fumbles for a touchdown. Can't happen. You know, and next thing you know, it's 28-28. You know, that fumble, that's his 32nd fumble in 33 games. You know, again, he f- turns the ball over. I, th- I think the kid threw the ball, as well, I mean, to the receivers. had some. He, he should have been better at more open. And then the final drive, of the, they got a chance to, to kick the field goal on fourth and one, and, and they've been running the ball. They call Herbert in there, doesn't get the first down, and then they give up a big play to Mims. Next thing you know, they lose that game and still have a chance to come back. minute 40 to go in the game, Femi. Mm-hmm. minute 40 to go in the game, come back down. What happens? Throws an interception. I mean, this is the this is same thing I say about what Mac Jones did and as a correlation. Like, you've got, Mac Jones is now 0-12 as a dog. Okay? Mac Jones is six and nine over the last fifteen games. Like at some point you gotta and and when you look at it, you can say, well, it's not all Mac Jones's fault. the The Patriots and you know Belichick without Brady. okay, I want to listen to all that. Buffalo, they're behind seventeen seven. The Cardinals, they're behind thirteen to seven. The Raiders, they're behind seventeen to three. The Bengals, they're behind twenty two, nothing. The Dolphins, they're behind fourteen to seven without Tua. The Eagles are behind 16 0 nothing. Miami they're behind 17-3, and Dallas they're behind 18-3. And every one of those games, he turns the ball over to get them behind, and then he can't make the plays to get them back. First drive of the game, he's got Gasecki wide open. He's got to make just put the ball to him. Can't doesn't do it. What 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 I tweeted out is what bothers me the most is the fact that I thought he was going to be very good decision making. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have great timing and I thought his accuracy was going to be but so far his accuracy and control of the football has not been good. And you can't deny this. I mean, Eagle game turn sick pick 6. Miami game turnover. Dallas, two turnovers. You know? I mean, the fumble, you know, now the next thing you know it's 18 to 3 and you're by, they the, the, the Patriots can't play from behind. They're not no. good enough to play for. They got to play from in front.
0: Yeah. And that's what we talked about yesterday morning on Lombardi Line. Said, "Hey, if wh- whoever gets control of this game, this could be like a runaway situation." It ended up being a runaway situation for the Cowboys. The, the interception, the pick six to Deron Bland, that was one where it's like, "Dude, why are you throwing across the field? Like, what are you, what are you doing?" Like, that's just. But you he just does
1: that, do that. He yeah. does that quite a bit. Like that's the thing that Bob, you thought for, when you watched him at Alabama, he would be a good decision maker, and so far. You know, he hasn't been. Like, people say, well, he was. I- I'm going to say this. Like, they were actually better on offense last year than they are this year.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's tough.
1: Nobody wants to hear that, but that's the truth. They could run the ball last year. They could. Uh, they could run the ball better last year. They they're they having a hard time running the football this year. I want to have more of this conversation
0: on Thursday, but Denver's defense is uh, Aaron Schatz, who works over FTN. Uh, his metric DVOA the Denver Broncos in 2023 have the worst defensive DVOA of any team since he started tracking the stat, and this dates all the way back to 1981. Like, like they are absolutely I, it's
1: atrocious, and
0: I don't know how long Vance so, Joseph so is long g- for this thing, man. It's
1: I, I don't know either. The Jets, a lot of it's personnel too. They're not very good. But when look at this now, when you go to look at the I, 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 the opening lines for this week. The Jets are a two-point dog and it moved to three. How are the Jets not favored in that game? Yes, the, the how market's... are the Jets not favored?
0: <laughs> the market's still on Zach Wilson to prove it to me, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what's happening. But I I, I like, and like because I saw a lot of people were tweeting at me about Justin Fields. Like, oh, Fields is playing well. I was like, I'm a Fields guy, but I, I, how could you say anything about him playing well? Like this defense
1: is horrendous
0: like this defense of Denver is just atrocious and I don't know what's going on like that total
1: at 43 and now that's he gets a bad de- he gets he gets a bad defense against Washington this week he does you know and, prime and so tip. can't wait for that but to me like I when but when the game's on the line you got to help win the team you either got to help with you got to win the game the game was on the line he's up 28 to 7 they're moving the ball and he fumbles you say, "Well, he fumbled." Well, that's the thirty-third fumble. Like, how many times are you going to keep making excuses for fumbling? Like, you put, the job is to protect the ball. You can't turn the ball over. And then at the end of the game, when you got a chance to just get in a field goal range with a with, with a kick, you throw an interception. We will get into
0: so the, like. Oh, sorry. You want to wrap, wrap up
1: Well, I mean, it just to me, it's like I, I get it. It's like Zach Wilson played way better than he has. Justin Field played way better. But when the game was on the line, neither the player could deliver. That's the key to being a a, a good player. You got to deliver, Mac Jones. You got to deliver. You're down. You're down three to nothing. You have a chance to go hit Gasecki for a touchdown to go up seven three to play from in front. You miss the throw. Can't happen. Um, we'll talk some. And, and, and look, they oh. pl- look. Let me just be clear here: mm-hmm. the, the Patriots did nothing good that day against Dallas. I mean, they lose Gonzalez. They had no corners on the field. That you know, every Jones in their secondaries on IR. Then they lose Gonzalez. They're down to their fifth, sixth, seventh corners. No excuses. No excuses. I mean, they they, they too many false starts. They're they're not good. I mean, I think Coach Belichick would say the same thing. Like they have got to do a better job in every single facet. But you 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 can't you got to get the quarterback to play better too. That's part of it.
0: Yeah, worst loss in Belichick's career. Let's hit your awards here real quick. We'll get to the Cowboys and Niners. We'll preview that heavily on Thursday since that's this upcoming Sunday Night Football game. So we did not forget about the 49ers and their dominant performance against Arizona, 35-16
1: But the guy Fred, threw one incomplete pass. Femi. the guy threw one incomplete pass. Pretty, I mean, seriously. Pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, the yeah. Fre- the Fred Palermo game plan of the week. Who's that going to? Well, it's got to go to Sean McDermott, right? I mean, he was by far. What he did to slow down that team was really remarkable. And give him credit. And I think give give Ken Dorsey credit, too, because he's finally got Josh Allen to see the value of being a point guard. On the lamb. Well, I mean, Cincinnati's offense got to go on the lamb. I mean, it's just, it's broken. It's broken. Look. There's difference between Chicago's offense being broken, New England's offense being broken, you know, the Jets' offense being broken, and Cincinnati's offense being broken. Cincinnati has a quarterback. The other three are searching for their quarterback. Whether it's the guy that they're playing, I don't know. But they're searching. Fraud of the week. The the Washington defense is completely a fraud. Last year's numbers, you got to throw them out. They, They don't stop anyone. If you don't know, now you know. Buffalo's offense has an identity, and that's dangerous. That's because it's an identity that'll play in cold weather too.
0: And it is what it is.
1: 0 and 12 is. twelve as an underdog. It is what it is, Mac Jones. It is. You can't hide from it, Femi. Yeah, it's tough. A lot of a lot of sharp betters run New England.
0: And uh, that, that was that was over in about a half. Uh, Monday night football. Who do you like? Seahawks and the Giants, Seattle's favored by about a point and a
1: half. I, I took I took the Giants. Yeah. I gave that out on McAfee. I gave Minnesota out on McAfee, and I took them. I All took right. them here. I gave them two a Bill AD, but I took Pittsburgh like an idiot.
0: <laughs> that does it for the pod. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys on Thursday.